0: Hey, welcome back to on the level leadership. And this week, I want to tackle the concept of having those difficult conversations. It's something that we struggle with when we first start leading teams. And I want to give you some tips and tricks today on how to handle those really difficult conversations. So this week, I'm going to share six tips uh, or steps that you could take in order to be able to actively participate in these difficult conversations. As a new leader, this can be a really difficult thing to take on, especially if you're an internal uh, appointment or someone who's been internally promoted, because you may have direct reports that were previously your colleagues who are now your employees. So having difficult conversations is one of those things that as a leader, you have to grow into and you have to learn to become very comfortable with. It's not an easy thing to do. I think most humans uh, really don't like conflict all that much. And so, you know, this can be a really difficult area, especially for new leaders who've never really managed people. And now they have to manage people who may or may not be performing at the rate that they should be. And sometimes those difficult conversations have to happen. So, how do you go about doing that? The first is to identify and address early. What does that mean? It means that you don't wait to have those conversations. If you notice something as a leader in an organization that needs immediate attention, then you need to give it immediate attention, regardless of how uncomfortable that makes you feel. More importantly, if you see a pattern starting to develop in an employee's behavior, for example, or in their productivity, then it's, it's really important that you address it as soon as you notice it, rather than waiting for the annual performance review process. There's a couple of good reasons for this. One is great leadership is all about great communication. So the more open and transparent you are with your employees, the greater you're going to build the trust with your employees that you're not going to side swipe them with some really bad news at that annual performance review, that you're going to be open and transparent with them throughout the year. It also helps you to get real clear on what your expectations are with respect to the performance of the team and to express that on a regular basis. It really will help your team overall become extremely uh, performant and really um, more gelled as a team because there'll be more trust. So it's important to engage your team often and to provide regular feedback what does providing regular feedback mean? Well, that depends on where you work and with who you work and how large your team is, etc. But my recommendation is that on a daily basis, if you see something positive, provide positive feedback. If there's something negative, what I tend to do is I tend to sit on it for a little bit to see if it develops into a pattern because sometimes people can behave badly in a day. And it's just because they're having a really shitty day. Just give them a little bit of space to have their bad day, as long as they're not being inappropriate or being very offensive to people. The reality is that sometimes we have bad days. So you give people that space to have a bad day. If you start to see a pattern or notice a, a continual sort of behavioral way of being in that employee, then it requires your attention. That brings me to the second item, which is respecting the individual. So this is all about giving an individual the respect they deserve as a person, which means that if they perform or act out badly in front of others, that is not the time or the place to call them out. What I typically do as a professional is I will ask to see that employee on a one-to-one basis so that we can discuss the incident or discuss the situation. It is important that if you want to establish an environment of trust, or uh, an an environment of safety, if you will, for your employees, then you need to make sure that you don't ostracize them or critique them in front of others. As part of that respect piece, you need to also hear them out. Be very clear about what you've noted. I have noticed this. I have seen this. I'm hearing you say that. I'm seeing that this is happening. I would like to know what your thoughts are on that. And then give them an opportunity to respond. Again, maybe they're having a really crappy week. Maybe they're wife or husband just left them and they just can't handle life right now. Maybe they need a break. Maybe the workload is too much. Whatever the case may be, make sure that you listen to what they have to say because it is important to try to hear their perspective and to see the problem from their angle. So if you're not willing to listen to them or hear them out, then it really, um, it will close the conversation and will not allow you to co-create solutions together. So you want to make sure that you maintain a certain level of openness to what they have to say. The third thing is listen, listen, listen. I cannot express this enough. Active listening is the key to any conflict resolution that you have to have in your team or in your office. So if you need to performance manage somebody or you have to have a difficult conversation, it is really important that you actively listen to that person when they're talking to you. That means don't interrupt them. That means that you don't make a counterpoint as soon as they make a point. It means listening and paying attention to their subtle responses, looking at how their body language is showing up. Are they crossing their arms? Are they scowling their face? Is their tone of their voice really agitated or angry or sad? Or do they seem depressed to you? Really get a sense of the subtle cues because that'll inform you as to how you need to react to it. One of the things that I found very important in active listening is to not be too reactive because the more reactive you are to people's responses to you, the more you're going to escalate the situation. Your job as a leader is to de escalate the tension in the room so that you can get a sense of what is really going on with this employee so you can try to help find solutions to co create solutions. So rather than just strictly like quickly firing them, and I mean, obviously, there's some limitations to that if they've crossed, um, you know, a legal line or some kind of offensive line that requires them to be escorted out the building, then that's one thing. Certain things is zero tolerance in my mind, like, for example, the expression of violent behavior, that's zero tolerance, out you go. That said, though, you know, in other situations, I would say, really pay attention, listen, listen, listen to their perspective, to their body language, to what they're thinking, and also what they may be thinking are some of the solutions to the issue. That brings me to the next step, which is co create solutions. Now, this isn't always possible. In a really contentious situation, you might have an employee who's just plain resistant to anything. You'll have to make decisions based on that. However, most of the time, the great majority of the time I have found that difficult employees tend to be the ones that maybe have solutions to offer, but they don't feel like they're being heard. I have an example. I had an employee who was consistently the squeaky wheel. What I found was the minute I started listening to his concerns, his questions, and and then started actually actively listening to some of his solutions, what I found was that the points he was making, many of them actually were rooted in some reality. And as soon as I did a bit of a cross check with the rest of the team, I found that what he was saying wasn't far from the truth. Now, did I implement everything he was asking me to do? No, but I did listen to him and I did show initiative in showing Uh, interest in what he had to say and took action by engaging the team in some of his suggestions. And we started to move forward on co-creating a new reality. What I found was that squeaky wheel became one of my most loyal staff members on the team. So sometimes the biggest pain in the ass on your team actually has a lot to say. So my suggestion to you is again, listen, 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 and then co-create solutions that you can both live with. If it's a performance related issue, the onus really is on the employee to step up. So your job as a leader is to be very clear about what you expect of them based on their job description, based on what they were hired to do, based on your expectations of the role, right? And then they need to fill in the blanks on how they plan on providing that support or providing those deliverables. Once those potential solutions have been co-created, then they need to be placed in some sort of action plan that you both agree to so that you can continue to move forward and improve the relationship with this employee. I'm going to say that my fifth tip here is to be flexible as a leader. We sometimes go into meetings with very specific ideas about how we want this to play out. We have very specific ideas about how an employee needs to perform. Based on the conversation with the employee, there may be a measured approach that you want to take. So be flexible in how that's implemented and be flexible to listening to their ideas again, because they may have some really great ideas and or they may provide you at least a sense of what they're. Um, willing or not willing to do, and that can help inform decisions you need to make as a leader as well. The sixth step is really to agree to check back later. So this is about accountability. If you're going to have a conversation about performance with your employee or have a difficult conversation about their behavior, then you need to check back in with them at some point, and you both need to agree as to what that timeline is. You know, I'm going to check back in with you in a week, two weeks, a month, six months, whatever the timeline is based on the offense, based on the performance issue, etc. You both decide. And maybe you're the one who decides as a leader as to what you're comfortable with and that's just what the employee has to live with. But I would suggest that you co-create that. So would two weeks be enough time for you to help you know, fix this situation? Or can we check in next month to see how well you're progressing on these deliverables that we've both agreed you're going to do? So make sure that you be very clear about when you plan on touching base with them so that they can prepare themselves. And it'll help them stay accountable to what they have committed to. Because they know they have to meet you in a month They have no choice but to be accountable for their behaviors because you can then also state, because if in a month I don't see improvements, we may have to have other conversations about letting you go, right? So you need to make sure that whatever reprimand, whatever repercussions are going to come out of it, it's very clear from the very start what those repercussions potentially are. So the employee knows what's at stake if they don't check in with you in a month with an increase or an improvement in their behaviors or their performance. And finally, some bonus things here to think about. Having difficult conversations requires a higher degree of self-care. These conversations can be really difficult to take on. They can be very draining, especially if the person's very emotional. I've had conversations with people where I had to give them a difficult performance review. And, you know, the person in front of me starts to cry and get very upset. And then I have to sit there and kind of let them work through their emotions and then say, okay, now how are we going to work around all of this and then try to bring them back on track? It can be extremely draining. And I know when that person left my office, I was like, oh gosh, I'm so freaking tired from having to deal with this person. Right? So self-care is super important. Before you go into one of these difficult conversation meetings, make sure that you're not coming out of a really stressful meeting with your senior management and then follow it up with this employee conversation because you're coming in hot off the, off the press already if your nerves are up here already, it's going to be really hard to not be more inflammatory to your employee when you meet with them. So make sure that you're in the right state of mind going into the meeting, right? The other piece to it is after the meeting, you know, go for a walk, go grab a coffee, go meditate outside. If that turns your crank, you know, do something to kind of decompress yourself from that call. Just take a deep breath and recover before you go on with your day. That's super important. And finally, I'm going to say that if things really go off the rails and they can, really go off the rails, or you think that they might potentially really go off the rails, you fear for your safety, or maybe there's a concern from the employee that they feel like they're being ganged up on or something, then I would suggest you bring in some help. If you really have a conversation that's going to be very contentious and potentially threatening to you in whatever way you feel or deem pot- potential or possible, my suggestion to you is to bring in an ombudsman or bring in a union rep or bring in a uh, a fellow employer or colleague who has An interest in this game. You want to walk carefully, though, to make sure that you don't have the employee feeling like they're being ganged up on. Sometimes when it's their one employee and you and an ombudsman, it can make it feel like it's two to one thing. And they might feel very offensive or defensive rather in the in the meeting rather than a one to one. However, again, if you worry about your safety, and I know as a woman, sometimes that is unfortunately, a reality. I mean, when I worked in an all male environment, and I had to have conversations with people, sometimes I worried about that. So I would make sure that it was one on one conversation, but it was in an office space where everybody else would hear what was going on, if if things got really out of hand, not necessarily the conversation itself, but if it got out of hand. So I mean, again, do what you feel is required for your own safety and security. But at the end of the day, Sometimes things can go really off the rails and you need to fire that person. You need to dismiss them. You need to reprimand them officially. And and in some cases, especially if you're in a unionized environment like I was in the government, you really do have to have a union rep there if there's going to be a reprimand issued to that employee because there needs to be follow-up actions taken based on that reprimand and the reprimand has to be done in a way that is in accordance with the union agreement. So again, depending on your circumstances, You're going to have to make sure that if you think they're going to go off the rails or they actually do go off the rails, make sure you have the the security and safety net there to help you as a manager get through that process. Ask for help. It's really not that difficult. So those are my tips and tricks this week on how to start having those difficult conversations. My only suggestion to you is to just not hesitate, you know, just make sure that if you have to have conversations that are hard, have them, have them in a trusting environment, have them in a safe way, keep your tone you know, your body language, calm and cool and collected and give them a chance to respond and don't counterpoint them right away, hear them out and really just try to co-create solutions so that you can get beyond these difficult conversations and create an environment that is safe and hopefully joyful to work in. So thanks again for being here this week. I really do appreciate you being here. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to subscribe and, you know, leave a comment. How did you handle a difficult conversation? And what are some things that came up for you while watching this video? And if you're listening on podcast, make sure you follow this podcast because I am here every week to talk about leadership and or career coaching advice and provide information to help you be the best leader you can be so that you can grow in your career. So hope you're here next week. Until next time.